Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 129 of Blue Jays Nation Radio brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. Check them out. They have a lot of baseball bets up, a lot of in-season or preseason stuff you can get your hands on. We're going to have an episode breaking all that down right away. Uh, But Coombsy, what up? Uh, it's really cold outside. Really cold. Yeah, it's like fucking brutal. In it's tonight. it's it's what is it like with the wind chill minus 30? Yeah, it sucks. It doesn't feel like baseball weather. No, it doesn't. And they're playing a game on Saturday, which we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. So in less than 48 hours, we're going to see the Blue Jays play a baseball game. And I'm looking outside and it just looks cold. It's one of those days where you can kind of just see that like cold, sharp smoke coming out of nowhere. And you can just tell it's minus a million. It looks gray. So hopefully watching you say Kikuchi take the mound in Dunedin warms our souls. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, <laughs> it's these stretches where we sit here in a polar vortex and then we can turn on Sportsnet and watch the Jays play in like 30 degree heat. It's something. Um, but kind of tricks your brain a little bit. This is one of those years where I really wish I was in Florida for spring training. I really wish I was there. Why aren't you? Makes you think. That is a good question. Why am I? Why am I here and not there? I ask myself that every morning <laughs> and every night before I go to bed. You were in Florida not that long ago, to be fair. I, I was in Florida in December. You Kinda were in Florida. Wrong. You were in Florida not that long ago too. I was in Florida more recently than you. Actually, <laughs> that's correct. I was at Florida to be in Florida at the beginning of the month. So whatever. Uh, there are a lot of things that we got to catch up on in episode one twenty nine of the pod as we uh, get rolling. Almost like doing one of these a week, like isn't even enough yeah. with the amount of stories. But I want to start with our kind of plate of leftovers before we. We get to the fresh food. Uh, the Hall of Fame stuff we got a while ago. Scott Rowland, Fred McGriff, couple Jays. Yeah, two Blue Jays legends working their way into the Hall of Fame. Fred McGriff, of course, was voted in by the ERA committee, meaning he didn't get in through the Professional Baseball Writers Association when his 10 years didn't get voted in. And the ERA committee said, you know what? This guy's a Hall of Famer. Sure, why not? And then Scott Rowland, he was, this is an interesting case because in his first ballot, he didn't get all that many votes. And then a few years later, everyone realized, geez, this guy's really good. Yeah. He should be a Hall of Famer. Neither of them are going in as a Blue Jay. No surprise with Scott Rowland because he was here for, what, like a year and a half in the late 2000s. But McGriff, there was maybe some thought he could be a Jay. But, you know, he was here for five years. Atlanta for five years, won the World Series there. Had a bunch of great seasons with the Devil Rays when they were a new team. So there's still only one Blue Jay, like a hat wearing Blue Jay in the Hall of Fame. And that's Robbie Alomar, who the team has kind of moved Cut away. With, yeah, they fully. moved away from for obvious reasons. So. Yep. Uh, R.A. Dickey was in the conversation. He got a vote. Uh, Mark Burley, though, 
that might be the next guy. Hey, but he, again, he's not, he's going in as a sock. Yeah. He would go in as a white sock. That's an interesting one to me because he keeps on, he's nowhere near getting in. But when you look at his kind of, um, he was really damn good. Yeah. And he's such a, he's such a unique pitcher in that way because he had, what was it like? 10, 15, almost 15 straight seasons getting over 200 innings. Also won the World Series. No Cy Young, I understand, but there's, you know, five all-star appearances here. World Series win that um, all those consecutive seasons of 200 plus innings in an era where nobody's really doing that anymore. And he's also, according to um, baseball reference, at 59.1 wins above replacement, which puts some, you know, like Vladimir Guerrero seniors right there. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. And he never won the World Series. And like an undoubted Hall of Famer, too. Not even a guy yeah. that people debated at any point. No, there was. Yeah, there was. It was everyone knew Vladdy Sr. was going to get into the Hall of Fame. And it was like, yeah, second, third ballot, whatever. And with Mark Burley, it seems like there's no way it's going to happen, which is weird to me. It is a little odd. And then there's uh, also next year's ballot features Jose Bautista. He goes in. It, well, obviously, he goes in a J. So he's the next one then, right? And he'll get in. You think so? Or do we have J's? Do I have J's colored glasses on? He had 50 dingers. Yeah, that's a tough one. I guess it's one like do you value go? It's I guess then this is a Hall of Fame debate across every sport. But what do you value more, peak or longevity? That's that's the thing. Is I myself and I'm I can sit here and make an argument for Jose Bautista being in the Hall of Fame with no problem. But everybody else is going to look at it and be like, well, this guy had like six good seasons. Though his six good seasons are about as good as you can get. I mean, this 2010 year he hits 54 bombs. And then the following year, there's the OPS is over a thousand. I think it would have been a lot easier for you to make the argument and to convince everybody else about Jose Bautista being a Hall of Famer if the Jays had won the World Series in 2015 and if he had won the MVP in one of those two seasons. But I think, unfortunately, he didn't win the MVP partially because he was on a shitty random Blue Jays team. Uh, I mean, the the Justin Verlander yeah. season was spectacular, so you can't really like complain too much. But I don't know. Bautista is going to be a hard one. My my thing is, I hope he just doesn't fall off the ballot in the first year. That'd be disappointing. Is Carlos Delgado? I think fell off after one year, which is kind of nuts. But a lot. Two top five MVP seasons. Like, yeah, you're right. It was only six years, but damn it, he was so good for those six. It was yeah. Those over the span between 2010 and 2016. 264 batting average, 929 OPS, 249 bombs, uh, silver slugger in three different seasons, all-star. Big um, playoff moments, but not yeah. a World Series. That's the thing. If, if, if that bat flip had come in the World Series and they had won, then I think he probably gets in, Yeah, to be honest with you. But I, yeah. I don't think it'll happen, unfortunately. That's too bad. That no. is too bad. We're mostly just hoping. But the one, pl- the one guy who probably would go in... Well, not probably. He would go in as a Blue Jay. Cito Gaston is apparently going to be on the era committee ballot this year. He'd wear a Jays cap for sure. Because yeah. um, he, he won the was managed the Jays of the yeah. World Series ninety two ninety three became the first ever uh, black manager to win a World Series. That's a that's a cool thing. Okay, it's kind of surprising he's not already in the Hall of Fame. To be honest, for, yeah, just with the significance of all of that. Like, yeah, you right. think, but mm. there's an anti Blue Jay bias in baseball. It feels to me. They don't like baseball in Canada. Those Yanks, they don't like it. 
Fair they enough. think that it's so cold up here, we shouldn't be interested in baseball. As me and you spend the first 120 <laughs> seconds of this week's episode complaining about how cold it is during <laughs> baseball season. We're just whining about the weather and we're just like in pain. Um, I want to get a lot of this out of the way. The World Baseball Classic, I'll be honest, it does nothing for me as a baseball fan. I just want to get to the major league season. It just, there's no unity in it. Like if it was done at a point where like every player was going to play and it had some oomph, some gas behind it, I'd be all in, but it's just, I feel like all we ever hear about is, Oh, this guy's opting out. Oh, this guy's being told not to do it. This guy's dropping out. Like, I don't know. I just don't really care about it. Do you care about it at all? No, not really. And for the same reason, I mean, if, if I had a chance to go and watch a world baseball classic game, Sure. I'd, I'd go and do it. Why not? That'd be cool. But That'd be fun. Like even Manoa, right? Saying he yeah. doesn't want to add innings onto his arm. Well, yeah. Like n- what pitcher for the most part would, or what high end pitcher is like, you know what? I need to go pitch in these <laughs> largely meaningless games right before the season starts. It just, it doesn't make sense. When you think back to, um, this must've been then 2017 Dalton Pompey plays for team Canada. And I think what happened was, and my memory is kind of escaping me on this, because it was what six years ago now. Yeah, he he dove for a ball in center field and drilled his head against the outfield wall and suffered a concussion early in what was a pretty integral season in his career. And I think he wound up not playing it all that year. So I mean, there's a pretty prime example of why guys wouldn't want to play. And then from a Blue Jays perspective, you look Jordan Romano. He says, you know what? I'm not going to play for Team Italy. Uh, their 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 group stage games are being played. I think it's in Taiwan. So that's kind of a pain in the ass doing that flight and then coming back to Florida at the, at the tail end of spring train, join the Jays. That would suck. Manoa, like you said, doesn't want to add innings. Alejandro Kirk right now, he's supposed to play for team Mexico, but he's in San Diego for the birth of his first child. And the Jays are kind of like, Hey man, can you <laughs> come and join us at spring training? Well, especially for a catcher. Like again, if yeah. he, he's going to learn new pitchers. Yeah. Like if Alejandro Kirk was insert random, if, if it was Whit Merrifield, the Jays <laughs> might be like, yeah, go like have fun, get your at bats in who cares. But like you need Alejandro Kirk learning these guys. It's very, this time of the year right, right now is very valuable. It is. I think, I think the only Jay, um, Vladdy's playing for the Dominican, I think. Okay. And Jimmy Garcia is as well, I think. But even then, you you you're not really sure if they're actually playing for the team until you see them suiting up for the team because so many guys pull out at the last second. And I think Otto Lopez, Lo, ugh, Otto Lopez is playing for Team Canada. He is. That yeah. is correct. I did see that. So, the, I, what would you do to make the WBC interesting? Like, how do you how do you make this a thing? Could you put it warm weather climate end of the season? Put it in like November. Yeah, you'd think that that would make some sense. But then so many guys are burnt out and they want to go. But I mean, that's kind of how hockey does it with the World Hockey Championship. Right? Yeah. It's it's the guys who aren't in the playoffs. Maybe that's the way to do it. And that's what I'm saying. Put it like right after the World yeah. Series. And like guys who go on long playoff runs probably would be like, eh, I'm yeah. not doing this. Right. But guys who are not playoff teams would have had a month to vacation and rest up. Even guys who got out in the first or second round of the playoffs would be like, yeah, you know what? I just had three weeks off. I'll come play ball for two more weeks and then continue my vacation. Put it in a warm weather spot as well where you can, because that's kind of how, not to make this hockey-ish, but like. <laughs> we have to. I know, but that's how, that's how Hockey Canada made the world championships appealing for players to go to. As yeah. they said, we'll pay for your family, your wife, your significant other to come. Where you're in like Prague and shit, you're going to stay at a beautiful hotel and it's like a relaxed vibe. Like that's probably the way to do it rather than jamming it in right now. I think that's actually perfect. I mean, think about it from the perspective of then like, uh, and, and for us, I remember in the early 2000s, it was like every single guy on the Oilers would go to this tournament. 
And it was, they were never in the playoffs. So it was like Ryan Smith, Mike Comrie, Anson Carter, Eric Brewer, the whole nine yards were on the team. And I guess that would be a nice thing for, say, if you're a rebuilding team, you send some young player off to represent whatever country Mm -hmm. in the WBC. You've got meaningful baseball games to play while baseball's still hyped up in the fall, as opposed to now. Like there couldn't possibly be a worse time to do it than at the beginning of the season when every team wants their players around at spring training. Like, like, like we just said, Alejandro Kirk, he's got to learn, he's got to learn all the pitchers and get, get himself acclimatized for the season and being away right now puts you behind the eight ball for, you know, starting the year hot, starting the year well, which everyone wants to do. So it just, it makes no sense for me to have it in March. It, yeah. it seems like a stupid time, even taking a little break in the middle of the season and then shoving everything back a little bit would even make more sense to me. Yeah. But then you just have the issue again of guys like pitchers, not wanting to waste bullets. Right. At least if you did it in November, some pitchers who again have been off for a month might be like, yeah, sure. Like I'll come let her go. I'll give you a start and or a start and a half or something like that. Relievers are big. Yeah. I can give you some innings. Like let's do this thing. I just feel like trying to jam it to any point in the season is, is such a big mistake, especially in a sport like baseball and with a position like a pitcher where they're so routine orientated. Right. Um, yeah, world baseball classic stuff. The only pressing J story there is Alejandro Kirk. And will he go? Cause they're not, I'm pretty sure there's like a rule, right? They're not allowed to publicly pressure Kirk to yeah. skip, but Schneider said something the other day that boy, if that's not publicly <laughs> pressuring, like, I don't know what is. Yeah. You're not supposed to tell players they aren't allowed to go, but it's yeah. kind of like a, can you request that they don't go like what that, that's a very that seems like a very vague and arbitrary rule and a very easy thing to work around like what's going to happen to the jays how would you punish them for that yeah how what could you, you find prove, them? what could you prove to being like forcing someone not to yeah like what overarching is major league baseball gonna land like a yeah. fifty thousand dollar fine on the jays for doing this i mean even then like does rogers care no it just it all seems like a whole bunch of yeah. crap are you gonna watch these games do you care mm, well like no <laughs> <laughs> not really there's been some cool moments in the past i remember um way 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 back when uh 2006 i think team canada beat the states then that was like that was played in arizona i think too right? yeah it was something like that that was cool um and there was another fun moment i think jose bautista gunned a runner out from the outfield okay i think that happened i might be imagining it no i maybe remember that seems like something that happened i feel then- like i remember something with Jonas Cespedes making a good play once too but here's the point we can barely remember three moments from our lifetime. Yeah. The, the three moments that we remember are, I remember Canada winning that game in 2006. Couldn't yeah. tell you who was in the team or who did what. I remember Dalton Pompey getting a concussion in 2017. So that's not positive. And I remember <laughs> Jose Bautista gunning a runner out. Could have been in the second inning of a group stage game. Could have been in the gold medal game. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Those are my memories. Well, let's talk about some baseball that matters slightly more. Spring training is sure. uh, getting underway for the Toronto Blue Jays. You mentioned you, bearded Yusei Kaguche is going to get a start for the Jays right off the jump. I I don't really know how much there is to keep an eye on here. We touched on this last episode, but like apart from sitting, crossing your fingers and just hoping you don't see tweets from Ben Nicholson Smith that someone's tweaked something in their hurt or someone stepped on a fucking sprinkler head or something oh. like that. Poor Michael Saunders. Never forget. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I. And then Marcus Stroman had a thing too. Remember it was, they were doing like PFTs, yeah. Pitchers fielding bunts. Yeah. And he um, tears his ACL. That what it was? Yeah, it was. He came back stronger than ever. He did. He was like healed like fucking Wolverine. Yeah, he did. (laughs) 
That's what that song said. Um, yeah, that song. <laughs> oh man, the one where they do uh, the Taylor Swift uh, Blank Space cover yeah. was by. Oh man, what was that guy's Who name? That, that guy? song banged. That's so. We good. should put it in the middle of the episode. Uh, it was. I remember some of the lines from that. It was, "Hey, Double A, wouldn't it be nice if you could trade for David Price?" Yes, that's the line that always stands. We got to give me. this guy credit. We have to. We have uh, to get his name. Adam Jessen. Yeah, that rocked. That that bang. Play. Are you playing it? No, I'm not playing on the pod. You're not going to play on the pod? No, I think we actually, I think we might get copyrighted if we play too much of a so? blank space parody. Oh, well. Taylor yeah. Swift lawyers, they're legit. Anyways, if you want to listen to the song, listen to, what's it called? First Placed by Adam Jessen. We can, uh, we can drop the link in the episode description of today's podcast. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it in the article and I'll, tw- maybe I'll tweet it out as well. What a song. Anyways, the point I'm getting at what here are we is talking about spring training, <laughs> how all we're doing is hoping no one gets hurt. Like there's no interesting races. Like the roster seems relatively set unless someone actively loses a job. Like if Kevin Biggio strikes out in every at bat, they might be like, Hey, we're DFAing. Like we're putting Otto Lopez on the roster. I don't know. It just feels like there's not very many races around here. Yeah. I'm kind of looking at it and it's like the, the things that stand out are, who will be the fifth starter? You say Kikuchi or Mitch White? Well, probably Kikuchi because Mitch White suffered an injury in the offseason and doesn't yet have a starter's workload. So he's a little bit behind the eight ball there. So that's kind of one supposed to be battle that's probably already sorted itself out. And then there's what, like the fourth outfielder? Uh, even then, I mean, let's be real. Like it's not going to be anybody significantly interesting. Like the, 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 what are we watching for here? Like Winton Bernard has a great spring training and gets added to the 40 man roster. I mean, realistically, it's going to be, you know, Kevin Biggio, Whit Merrifield, Otto Lopez combination of those guys. Yeah. Being the fourth outfielder, unless they trade for somebody or sign someone doesn't seem like that's going to happen right now. So Kikuchi redemption arc is maybe one. So Right. Like if, if Kikuchi comes out, pitches really, really well, mm-hmm. all of a sudden we could sit there and be like, hey, what's this rotation look like all of a sudden? Like, could it be <laughs> one of the best if Kikuchi is Kikuchi of two years ago or we're going to be sitting here halfway through spring training going, all right, has Mitch White started putting together good appearances because he's going to be our fifth starter? Yeah, hopefully. That's I mean, that's the one I guess we're paying attention to. That's pretty much it. And I guess and as as you've said, the one thing that we're really paying attention to is injuries, because yeah. as always with the Blue Jays, if. If injuries hit, then there's some spots they're pretty thin. I mean, think about it from the starting rotation perspective. If you say Kikuchi struggles and Mitch White's injury holds him back, then Ricky Tiedemann. The- <laughs> Is that the next guy in line? It's probably some scrub like Zach Thompson or Drew Hutchison starting. But that's what I had written down in our notes as the one thing in spring training that I'm probably the most interested in is Ricky Tiedemann pitching and how good he is and whether that can put him in a spot to in the mix for a call-up sooner rather than later. You called Drew Hutchinson a scrub, but what happened last time they used him as their opening day starter? This is true. 2015. Maybe they should make him the opening day starter this year. But like he throws one pitch and then they have like Gibby. (laughs) Gibby comes out and yanks him and everyone's like, what the He's the opening day opener. He doesn't even get a guy out. He just throws one pitch and then they bring in Manoa or Gosman or whoever it winds up being. Manoa's the guy this year, right? He's got to be. You got to use that nod. He's your boy. I don't, um, I don't think you want to go back to Jose Barrios after last year. Why? What happened? Ah, it was, I mean, I, I just looked dead at the camera, realized we don't do video on this pod. So never mind. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I was fairly intoxicated by inning two or three of that game. So I don't really remember <laughs> specifically what happened. Oh, you were there, weren't you? I was there. Yeah. Mm. That was a blast. 
That was fun. They did have some fun comebacks last year. They had a lot year. of good games. It's, it's, it's really funny to me that their first game of the season last year was that, like, what, seven, eight run comeback? And yeah. then their loss to Seattle at the very end was almost the exact same, but then blowing the lead. That will <sighs> so never not be funny to me. But alas. Um, funny is an interesting word. Ricky Tiedemann's in. Ricky is, Tiedemann. Yep. So if he comes out and he's just gas all spring training. Yeah. Do you start him higher than you're expecting? Or is this guy kind of triple A no matter what do you, where are you going with Ricky Tiedemann? I don't know. I kind of feel like, well, I remember Alec Manoa came into spring training that year and was magnificent. Yeah. In um, 2021. Went to triple A. Yeah. And he just, just, just flies out of spring training to triple A and continues to be really good. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, he's made five starts for the Thunder Bisons. That's what they were last that, mm-hmm. that, that season. They were splitting time between Buffalo and Trenton and it just got to a point where he was too good to keep down. So maybe Tiedemann follows in those footsteps and dominates spring goes mm-hmm. to AAA, pitches like five times for the Bisons and the Jays think, you know what? We're tired of watching Yusei Kikuchi walk seven guys a game. We're going to make him our bullpen ace and we're going to call up Ricky Tiedemann to be our lefty in the rotation. I don't think it's that insane. I don't. It's just, it'll, yeah, it'll be later. Um, I don't think, I, I don't actually think he'll come up as quickly as Alec Manoa. I mean, he, that he, was such a perfect storm of things. Yeah, that was the, the Jays had less depth at that time and they badly needed mm-hmm. a young guy to step up. And Manoa was older too. And he had pitched in college. Yeah. It's a bit different. So I, I do, I do think Tiedemann plays a role in the blue Jays this year, but. So you I think, think we will see Ricky Tiedemann throw a pitch for the Toronto blue Jays this year. You're willing to say that? Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it'll be the Manoa situation. I think it'll come like after the trade deadline kind of thing, like in August or, or, or September when they can carry an extra guy or two. When you're also getting green and Hunjin Ryu back. Exactly. You're going to headed monster. No need. We <laughs> well, let's record our trade deadline, our post trade deadline reaction episode right now. All right. Well, Atkins didn't really do much aside from moving <laughs> Kevin Biggio for insert depth outfield oh back here. But Cam, I think a deadline ad of Green, Ryu, and Tiedemann, that's what we have to look forward to. We're yeah, talking about that in a few months. It's very exciting that they've had this built-in trade deadline edition of Hyunjin Ryu, who I think can make maybe a quality start or two down the stretch. Yeah. This is uh, great. Yeah, which just wouldn't surprise me at all. We'll see. There is still kind of like a clear hole on the roster in terms of getting another outfielder. That's true. And I think that's a storyline that like, again, we love doing this in spring training. We did it last year where it's like, oh, how is everyone going to get at bats? And right now you might look at their roster and go, <laughs> oh, they have outfielders. They're fine. Why do you need one? Springer, Varsho, Kiermaier. Oy. Someone will struggle and someone will get hurt. And we will be at a point when both Kevin Biggio and Whit Merrifield are playing regular innings at the same time. That'll happen at some point. I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody listening right now, that will happen. The season always goes that way. Yeah. They need to add another outfielder. That'll be number one deadline need in all likelihood. They do undoubtedly. And I mean, unfortunately there aren't, that's kind of the, 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 the disappointing thing about this year's spring training isn't there isn't like an exciting, an exciting random guy who might fill a role. Remember last year when they had Greg bird here on a minor league deal and he was just crushing it. And we were all so excited. We were like, Oh yeah, man, Greg bird's going to be a difference maker on the roster. Never winds up playing a game for the team signs elsewhere signs, a big league deal somewhere else. I think he went back to the Yankees. I think so. That's what it was. And he just never played for them and it didn't really matter. But that's the kind of stuff that gets you through spring training. Just watching some random name who might be able to fill a role, just kill it. 
And I'm hoping this year, just given the context that it's, um, oh my God, his name's escaping me. Winton Bernard, who I mentioned earlier, that speed demon from Colorado that they signed yeah. um, to a minor league deal. I'm hoping it's that guy, given the context, because they so badly need an outfielder. It would make sense. Maybe this guy, like, it's like seven singles and steals five bases or something in spring training. We're all freaking out about it. That's fair. That'd be fun, right? Right? Especially this year, because you know one of the big storylines is going to be stealing bases, new bases, new yeah. rules, all of that. That actually has been listening to Mark Shapiro talk on different platforms. The Jays seem very much, and I'm sure every team is, they're putting a big emphasis on making sure their players are ready to go with these new rules. Whether it's the pitch clock, which seems to be a big thing, or the shift and everything, they are really trying to drill down on these. And you, know, you like hearing that. I guess I get it's just you know an organization saying all the right things, but still... that. These things are going to make a difference. I don't know about the bigger bases thing. I don't know if this is just me being dumb, but since the bases are also a little bit bigger, doesn't that mean that the path to throwing the ball to the player assigned to that base is also slightly shorter, right? The distance for the runner is shorter, but so is the distance for the ball. Am I wrong? No. Yeah. That's an interesting, point. right? <laughs> so like you're talking about, <laughs> Well, I'm just talking about stealing bases and like getting to <laughs> no, because it depends where they add the, the extra space. Right. I also, another thing I saw, <laughs> I get where you're going, but I don't think you're right. I, I don't know if I'm right. I feel like there's something I'm missing here and somebody wants to point this out and let me know that I'm a dumbass. But like the distance from behind home plate to the bag. Like it's also giving the player a bigger angle or bigger area to like touch the base on. Right. Easier to dodge tags. I guess. Yeah. What, what they also should have done too, is they should have used the like slow pitch beer league softball safety mat at first with like the big orange box that the runner steps into and the, uh, like the white box. I'll be honest. Why don't they? I don't know because you've seen a, you've seen, I mean, it's happened at least a handful of times that someone um, gets their ankle stepped on at first and they get hurt. Yeah. Or, you know, a guy tumbles into the, the first baseman or whatever happens You'd think they just, for, for the sake of player safety, they would change that up. Yeah. And it doesn't matter for like when you're legging out doubles and stuff, it's all the exact same. So it'd just be safer at first. Uh, that That is a good point. My slow pitch league is trying to mandate helmets this year. I'm like, we throw underhand. No one needs helmets. But their thing is running to first. They say it's unsafe. Really? Like it, the, the guy's going to run to first and maybe get hit. And like the, the shortstop will throw up, make a bad throw and hurt him. Does that I've, ever, I've never, never seen, seen that I've never seen it happen. No, that seems like a bit much. seems like a bit much, right? That seems, I, I, I quite honestly always felt that the person in the most danger playing slow pitch was the pitcher. hundred percent. I saw when I was living in Toronto, um, pitchers uh, have to wear like uh, catcher's masks in my league. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I wasn't here at this game, but it was, um, I heard about this. Somebody got hit in the sensitive private area mm-hmm. from a line drive when they were pitching. Ooh, yeah. And you can't really wear a helmet there, but well, you could, you could wear a cup. You could wear a cup. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually, yes, you can absolutely wear a helmet over your private area, but <laughs> <laughs> so I was wrong. <laughs> I don't know, well, I don't know where my brain's at right now. Yeah, I don't know either, but I'd say that um, if you're going to make anybody in slow pitch baseball, wear some gear, it'd be the pitcher doesn't matter to yeah. what we're talking about at all because I don't think major league. Do you imagine if major league baseball made pitchers like wear like a full set of gear? Who is that pitcher who used to wear the big thing around his hat, the big padded hat? There was a handful of guys that were wearing yeah, that. And those looked, those looked hilarious. Yeah. 
I I just don't know what you, every year we see one or two guys get hit with a liner, right? Yeah, Jay Happ did when he was with the Jays in 2013. That was yeah. terrifying. But Noah got hit a couple times this year. Nothing yeah. that bad. Some line got, drives. Yeah, got drilled a couple times. He got drilled in the forearm. I think it was. Yeah, that's what it was. But I mean, what can you do? Didn't he get drilled in the forearm? Then like the next start back, he got hit again. Yeah, he got hit in back to back starts. I yeah. was at one of those ones. It was they were facing the Tigers, and he got hit in the arm, and then struggled the rest of the start. And then he said, hey, no, it was um, actually my grip was the reason that I was struggling in this start. It wasn't the hit in the arm and everybody was panicking. And then he came out next start and got hit in the arm again. And it was just like a huge panic. But what can you do? We have a few other things to touch on before the end of our episode. But uh, first, we're going to pause for a quick ad. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Coombsy, uh, we're going to go around the AL East and then around the league. But first, we got like, I don't know, light updates uh, with Matt Chapman. It, the news is that there is no news and you shouldn't expect news, right? Yeah, there's... We've, we've, we've kind of all focused on Bo and Vladdy and Alec Manoa and even a little bit of Danny Jansen as the guys who need contract extensions. But Matt Chapman is walking into free agency next winter for the first time in his career, because last year, the Jays, of course, acquired him from the Oakland Athletics. And then they immediately or not immediately, but shortly after avoided arbitration by inking him to a two year deal. He's yep. now going into the second year of that deal. And he's poised to get a pretty big fat payday this offseason. And big payday. Yeah, big, big fat stack of cash. And it's difficult to say if the Jays are going to be the team that does that. And he pretty much said as such, he says him and his life, him and his wife love living in Toronto. He likes playing for the Jays. He knows the Jays like him and want to keep him around. But he's also cognizant of the reality that Bo and Vladdy, et cetera, need new contracts. And he's just taking a wait and see approach. There's been nothing in regards to contract extensions. Do you think that the the Matt Chapman um, time in Toronto is just going to come to an end after this season? It, it, it kind of seems inevitable, right? Right. You think so? I don't know. It just, how are they going to pay all these guys? Like if Chapman has a huge season, then what's really stopping somebody from going and signing him to the contract that Marcus Semyon got a couple of years ago with Texas. 
Like I, I was looking at the last time there was big name third baseman free agents on the open market. And it was after the 2019 season. And one of them was Josh Donaldson. He had a big rebound season with Atlanta and then yeah. inked the four year, hundred dollar, hundred million dollar deal in Minnesota. And then there was Anthony Rendon. He won the world series with the nationals and then went out West to sign with the angels with that huge deal. That, that looks insane. just terrible now. Yeah. And he can't stay healthy. No. The most memorable thing he's done in an angels Jersey is swing his cast at a member of the Mariners during that bar- brawl. Oh yeah. He's, he's been, he signed a seven year, $245 million deal. So, I mean, if you're Matt Chapman, that's kind of what you're looking at. He's not going to get the Rendon contract, but I just look at the Jays and I go, okay, like every, if there was a point where they were, had to be like, we're going to stop spending. And I get that Vladdy coming up is, is something to be, to keep an eye on and be cognizant of, but like they backed up the truck for Chris Bassett this year, not backed up, but 60 million. Yeah. I get that's totally different because it could cost north of 150 to sign Chapman. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. It's I'm just, just be- trying. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to find a positive spin off of you saying this could be his last year in Toronto because I will be actually pretty upset if this guy walks after just two years in a Jays jersey. Yeah, it would be kind of sad because he's he's a perfect fit with the team. Yeah. But I mean, Marcus Samian was also a perfect fit with the team, and they let him walk. So the 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 he didn't play as good of defense though. Yeah, that's true. He's not Matt Chapman defensively, and I think with the thing with Semyon and the reason, and I made this point a bunch of times on the pod a year ago was even if you brought back Marcus Semyon, you weren't getting that Marcus Semyon. No, it was you never going to have that season again. Yeah. With Chapman, at least it's, there's a little bit more of a track record there and the defense is a thing and he plays a more premium position at third base. Like I, I would ra- if they signed Chapman to the Semyon deal, I'd be happy with it. If they would have signed semi into that deal, I wouldn't have been happy with it. The Semyon deal with Texas was I seven just by one seventy five. Seven million dollars. Seven years, one hundred and seventy five million dollars. Yeah. So, I, I I don't think that's a crazy thing to look for for Matt Chapman this off season. I'd be. I mean, I don't care about Rogers' money at all. I think they should open up the truck and sign all these guys and keep. We're the just band being together. realistic about it, though. Yeah, I'm just being objective. And if they let. You know, they, they, they got semi in the fantastic season. They off the, they issued him the qualifying offer, got a pick, let him yeah. walk tidy piece of business. Chapman, same thing. They traded fuck all to Oakland to get him. Well, not really fuck all. They traded the, the one hot shot Kevin prospect. Uh, <laughs> the Gunner Hoagland was the, the one. And then there was Kevin Smith, kind of like a utility guy, plus the two mediocre pitchers. So they didn't give up a hell of a lot to get Chapman, but you know, you'd like to keep him around for more than two years, but Hey, worst case scenario, they qualify him and get a, and get a draft pick, a compensatory draft pick to help replenish the farm to probably two years from now, reach out to Oakland and say, Hey, you guys have another infielder. The third time's the charm. Hey, Kevin Smith looks pretty good. <laughs> we'll give you some prospects for him. <laughs> that was, a, that was always the, the, the funny thing that could have worked out if Kevin Smith became good for them, but yeah. Probably not. Uh, let's go around the American League East quickly. Bad news for the Yankees. Frankie Montas, their big ad. He's going to miss the entire season. And Nestor Cortez is withdrawn from the WBC because of a hamstring issue. Uh, they might. They're, they had issues last year staying healthy. And then they went out and signed guys and have a bunch of guys who have injury issues. It's important to note that the Yankees, they had that amazing first half of the season last year where they went, you know, in the first a hundred games, they were like 70 and 30 or something insane. And they looked like they were going to compete for one of the better records all time. But then after the all-star break, they were like a 500 team. And It'll all depend on what balls Rob Manfred assigns <laughs> to their games. Yeah. If Aaron judge specifically is getting to hit like a cork ball, 
again, which he did last year. As compensation for that, every team in the majors should get to designate one player who gets to hit the same ball Judge got to hit. Either that or every team should allow one guy to use steroids. He's your one. Who's your He's, designated steroid user? He's like your medical exemption. Who would, you like pick, a, who would you pick on the Jays to do roids if you could pick one guy? So this would, the interesting question is. Yeah, who would benefit the most? Well, like, that? do you want to take, like, Vladdy is already good. Yeah. Do you juice up Vladdy or do you say, hey, he's already going to get his. We need to find someone who's not like, do you give Kevin B? That's exactly what I was going to say. He's got he's got a great. This is also a very dark and purely hypothetical question. Neither of us are endorsing cheating in baseball. Yeah, we are. I think cheating <laughs> in baseball is great. I, I think the steroid era was fun. I think everyone should do it. Can you imagine Kevin Biggio next year? Like Chris Colabello-esque. It's like rips off 30 plus dingers and you're like, oh, wow. See, that's what I mean. I mean, Chris Colabello got caught doing roids. He still won't admit that he did it. He thinks it's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he's right. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. Like as a fan, what 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 did we lose from Chris Colabello cheating, quote unquote, in 2015? Chris Colabello's season was one of the best parts of the 2015 Jays. And there was a lot of good things about the 2015 Jays. Yeah. <laughs> Colabello's season was outrageous. So imagine giving Kevin Biggio, a guy with a great eye whose arms are noodles and can't hit a fastball over 95 miles an hour. Imagine if that guy could suddenly just. Hey, mash. if steroids are cheating, then so are contact lenses. Sure. Right. Well, yeah, I kind mean, of yeah. What, that that guy can't naturally see as good as that guy. So he gets to compensate <laughs> for it. That's bullshit. Yeah. And there was also think about like the 1960s and 70s and there was guys doing like greenies and whatnot. You know, sure. there's always been this kind of crap, whatever. I'm I'm I've, I'm 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 an entertainment guy. I'm I'm a proponent of the game being entertaining. So let some guys do roids. I don't give a fuck. What a weird take. What, what a, a weird episode of the pod. Yeah, we're all over the grid this time. This is very random. It's really cold outside. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Orioles CEO came out and said, hey, Orioles fans, we know you were all excited about last year's run and Adley Rutschman and all the good stuff we have going on, but pump the brakes. We're still trash. Yeah, he literally said, uh, no, we're not going to invest financially in the team because we've overachieved. And uh, for those who may or may not remember the Orioles season last year, they were pretty good. They went 83 and 79. They were kind of in the mix for a playoff spot later in the season. Didn't make it of course, but they were interesting to watch all year. And I mean, we remember back in September, the Jays played them a whole bunch of times and they were a pesky team. They looked like yeah. they were on the rise. And then their CEO, who's the son of their owner goes out and says, no, 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 we're not going to financially invest in this team, which I mean, I'm not an Orioles fan. I don't care, but I feel bad for them because they're in the perfect spot. They're they're pretty much where the Jays were right after 2020. Think about so there's the COVID season. The Jays go what like 32 and 28. Yeah, they might have overachieved a bit that year. They had one good starter. It was also a circus of a year. Yeah, the year was kind of a joke. Like if there was every year to be like, well, we're not going to invest based on that. It was then. Yeah, like you could have the front office easily could have looked at that and been like, ah, look, we're not actually a playoff team. We finished eighth in a 60 game season and made the playoffs because everything was bizarre world. But they still went out and signed George Springer and Marcus Semien and traded for Steven Matz. Could you imagine if Shapiro came out? And was like, we overachieved last year. We're not going to spend any money. Could you imagine what the reaction would have been? How mad people would have been? It's just you're in such a, again, it's better for the Jays if the Orioles suck. We all are recognizing that off the jump here. But you are in the prime spot of your best players are young and cheap. 
So just go surround him with other best players. Yeah. Which is what the Jays did. Ryu, Springer, all of that. And like, if it doesn't work, guess what? Those guys' contracts will expire and then you'll just re-sign your young guys. Like, who cares? Free agency costs you nothing but dollars and you will make that money back when you are a competitive ball club in a good market. So yeah, it made no sense to me to hear them come out and say that. But again, like you said, from a Blue Jays perspective, we're happy the Orioles had the offseason they did because, man, if they were the ones who went and did a bunch this year, this offseason, um, and added that to their young core, they'd be good. They're, they're right around the corner from being a legitimate playoff team. And they just decided now nah, we'll take another easy year and uh, we'll see what happens. We got a whole bunch more prospects coming along. Yeah. We'll just, we'll have a, the second lowest payroll in baseball and people will come out in September to watch this team because they're probably going to be decent. So that's unfortunate for them, but pretty good for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Corbin Burns came out and said he wasn't allowed to spend valentine's day with his wife because he was at his arbitration case and he was really pissed off about it um apologies to corbin burns and his wife but god thankfully the jays avoid this arbitration nonsense because there's a lot of noise about it in the baseball world right now it makes me happy that there is no riff between the jays and bichette over it yeah i was i was kind of i wasn't as panicky chicken little about Bo going to arbitration when that was a thing in January, because I remember looking back at the Marcus Stroman situation and thinking, okay, this is as bad as it gets. This guy literally went on Twitter and said, I'm never going to forget the things that were said about me in this arbitration hearing. But then, you know, months after that, he talked about being open to a long-term extension in Toronto. So it seemed like a whole bunch of nothing. It seemed like just a bunch of headlines. But then Corbin Burns here comes out and he talks as he's arrived at spring training about how the thing that Milwaukee used, the Brewers used in um, in their case against him was that he was at the forefront of them missing the playoffs last year. And this is Corbin Burns, who um, he was an all star. He puts up a two point nine four ERA, tosses two hundred and two innings, seventh in Cy Young voting. He was the Cy Young winner in two thousand twenty one, and I mean <laughs> the Brewers finished eighty six and seventy six despite having a team batting average of like two twenty. Like their best hitter in terms of OPS was Hunter Renfro at eight oh seven. So I don't really think their ace starter being good, but not quite as good as he was the year before was the reason they missed the playoffs, but they went ahead and said that now he's fucking pissed. So I don't know if the Jays, if they had gone to arbitration with Bo, if they would have said something like that. I mean, they could say, Hey Bo, look, remember in the playoffs last year when we were playing Seattle and you ran into George Springer when he was trying to catch a ball and it indirectly or somewhat maybe more directly than that led to one of the biggest comebacks in postseason history. Yeah. Bo, your thoughts. Like, I don't, I don't think they would go ahead and say that. I think what it comes down to is how the team chooses to prove that yeah. player X isn't worth cost Y and the way the Brewers went about it was dumb. But I mean, I'm sure other teams just go, hey, look, like this guy gets paid this, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you're not wrong. The fact that they avoided this drama is ideal. Bo's locked up for three years. We never have to talk about arbitration with him again, which is great. It's great. It's great. great. It's great. positive. It's great. It's fine. Everything's fine. Good episode, Coomsey. Yeah, we talked about a lot of interesting different stuff. We also didn't touch on, I had one more thing in the notes, MLB expansion and realignment. Do we want to do that? You want to talk about it quickly? It's just that. Um, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Interesting things that are relevant to Canadian baseball fans is that Jim Bowden of the Athletics said that Rob Manfred is still interested in doing expansion to get Major League Baseball up to 32 teams like the NFL and the NHL are, and two cities in consideration are Montreal and Vancouver. 
And I'm a big proponent of the second Canadian team being out West. Oh, give Vancouver yes. a major league team. Yes. One, I think it would almost do enough having them out there to start dividing my allegiances a little bit. Although I think I'm at the point now where it's just Jays forever. Like, you know, you ever, you, I'm sure you do because you know a lot of baseball fans, but like Expos fans who refuse to yep. cheer for the Jays still, right? Plenty. I would probably still be too diehard into the Jays to like pick up a new Canadian team, but it would be fun is my point. And they would be like a two hour flight away from here, yeah. which is why I think I would like them a lot because it'd be so easy for again, this is super niche because it's us, but like Western Canadian baseball fans yes. to just hop on a flight to Vancouver, watch that baseball team come back. It would give us more options to be flying close to see the Jays. All in all, I think the sport could use a bit of a boost here in Canada and a second team would absolutely do that. And it just makes sense to put it out West. Like everyone always says, bring the Expos back. But I mean, I kind of get it. There, I do there, there, There's history there. Montreal's a a really unique and interesting city. And there's the French aspect there of being the one French mm-hmm. team. That That's a cool thing, but I'm very biased being from here and living here and wanting to have a team out here. That'd be ideal. So Manfred says they're going to sort out Oakland and Tampa, Tampa first. Oakland looks like they're pretty much there. They're going to move to Vegas soon. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's a matter of time. The Rays are somehow probably going to swindle the tourism board of Florida into $500 million for a new stadium somehow. They'll probably stay in Tampa. I don't. The best scenario for me, because I think there are two markets where they should go along with potentially throwing one in Canada, but Vegas is one. Oakland will go there. I think having a team in Nashville just makes so much sense as a summer spot. Um, Move Tampa to Nashville, move Oakland to Vegas, two expansion teams throw one up in Vancouver and then one out on the other side, wherever the hell you want to put it. Who else do they've listed? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Sure. Do there. Yeah. Otherwise, you could expand into Nashville and Vancouver. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You keep the Rays there, move the, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the other thing to come out of this from a Blue Jays perspective is they talked about what a realignment would look like in a 32-team league, eight divisions of four, in which the Jays would be playing with the Detroit Tigers, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Cincinnati Reds, three teams who suck right now. This, the thing you're missing here, Coombsy, is four years from now or five years from now when this happens, all those teams will be good and the AL East will finally be bad. <laughs> and we'll be sitting there going, what the hell? I don't know what's happened. The AL happened. East would never be bad. What on earth has happened that the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland Guardians are the powerhouses of baseball and the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees have just yeah. disappeared? Like what happened like geopolitically in life? <laughs> That's the reality we live in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I would push back a little bit on doing eight divisions of four. I think that's a little silly. I'd rather yeah. do four big divisions of eight. Four of eight. Because I think that's more fair in terms of not locking teams into like really yeah. crazy competitive imbalance when you're going to play your division more than anyone else. Um, I think that makes sense to do something along those lines. But um, it works with the playoff format, yeah. too, because if you had four divisions of eight, the division winners, and it still means something to win the division, perhaps yep. even more. Winning a division of eight teams is pretty impressive. Yeah. You get the bye, and then the rest of the the other playoff teams are just wild cards. The other two teams in the division all make it. You could do 12-team playoffs still, and boom. Yeah. That'd Let's do it. Let's do it, baseball. Let's send an email off to Manfred and say... I'm going to do it. Let's say we want a team in Vancouver. We want the Rays gone. We want them in Nashville or North Carolina or Mexico City or something. That's yep. fine. Sure. Hawaii. Uh, that's what we want. London, England. And we want four divisions of eight. Those are our demands. 
Do you think he'll say I'm yes? I'm going to email rmanfred at mlb.com. Just rmanfred at gmail.com. See whose email that is. Maybe Rob at baseball.com. <laughs> Rob at baseball. Uh, okay. Well, that's going to be a wrap. If you missed our last episode, we have a chance. We had a chance to sit down with Blue Jays prospect Adam Mako. He's got a really unique story. So if you glossed over that one, go back, give that a listen. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode here, talking more spring training and all that fun stuff. Coomzy, until then. Best wishes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 